welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noob. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. This morning I've titled this message, Believing Beyond Your Unbelief. Believing Beyond Your Unbelief. I want to read to us a passage uh, that is well known to all of us and then we're going to pray and then I'm going to release Letitia um, to go and sit down. But this is what it says in Mark chapter 9, uh, verses 17 to 29. And I'm reading from the NIV version. This is what it says. It says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I bought my son who was possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy to him. Uh, When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been going? Uh, this been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire and into water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This is, listen to this. This is Jesus' reply. If you can, if you can, everybody say that with me. If you can, this is Jesus' question to the man. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you come out of man, come come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, uh, shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us in this message and in this word, that you would give us uh, insight into the very heart of what you are wanting for us today. Lord, just just bless each gathering, each person watching online, whether they know you or not. Lord, this is a divine moment for them just to hear from you and receive from you. So bless them in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Well, thank you, Leticia. Come on, give her a big hand. She's amazing. She is so amazing. Well, if you are taking notes, uh, I do encourage you to do that. I believe that we must always be lifelong learners. But once again, let me just give you the title of this message that I'm so encouraged and inspired and excited about. It says here, Believing Beyond Your Unbelief. Now, one of the most uh, challenging things that you will ever experience as a Christian is this whole thing of doubt. Doubt and fear 
plagues every believer. Amen, somebody. And now I, I would ask you right now, if you were in the room with me, to raise your hand and give me an on, honesty call if you've ever doubted in God. If you've ever doubted in the promises of God or in the promises for your life, or maybe you've stood at an altar and a, and a preacher or somebody has prayed for you, but you've walked down back into your seat and you've doubted everything that was just prayed. I must confess, I've been like that many times. There's been times I've been believing for God about breakthrough, about healing, about a miracle, only to experience a second later after praying such prayers, moments of doubt. I reckon this is a very human emotion and a human response in this whole thing we call Christianity. But you let me tell you something, doubts don't have to be a bad thing in itself. Doubts can lead us to search for truth. Amen, somebody. Um, if we're willing to allow it to doubt, can actually mobilize us, it can move us to seek after evidence that will help us in our journey. Now that Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews uh, 11 wrote these amazing words. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. We can believe for things and not yet see them. This, can we is the question, and the simple answer is yes, we can. Hebrews 11 goes on and describes exploits of, of generals of faith, of men and women of great faith, who in spite of their doubts were able to do great and wonderful things. Think about this, Abraham and Sarah, Sarah over there expecting a baby, where there was a Sarah in the Bible. She was a lot older than Sarah here, I'm sure. Uh, she was 99 years old, but God said that she would conceive a child. And guess what Sarah's response was? She laughed, she doubted. She thought no way could this be possible. And, uh, and what about Noah? He was called to build an ark for a flood that no one had ever seen before. At this time in Scripture, there had never been such a thing as a flood. He warned the people. They all doubted. They all mocked. They all laughed at him. Well, guess who was laughing uh, only a few days later? Uh, Moses, he led the people of Israel through the desert into the promised land. And guess what? He led an entire nation of doubters. They were all grumbling and griping. Oh, it's better in Egypt than where we're going. Where is this thing called the promised land? What about Gideon? Gideon asked God for a sign. He asked God to, 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 uh, to, to mess with a fleece and give him a sign, not just once, but twice. And then, of course, we go to the New Testament and there is the famous doubting Thomas who said those famous words, unless I touch this, the, his hands and his feet and, and the side, I will not believe. The reality is this, that we all doubt at some point in our lives. But I wanna encourage you this morning, you do not have to let doubt rob you of the blessing that God has for you. Can I get an amen in the room? We all have moments of doubt, but we can step into all that God has for us. So what the, there are three things that out of this passage that I believe God is wanting us to step into. And uh, the first one is this, that God is wanting us to step into an environment of faith. 
How do you believe beyond your unbelief? You've got to step into an environment of faith. Now look at this. The father had a son. Now, in, in, the, in the times of, of when this was happening, a son was, an, was a significant member of the family. The son wasn't just another child that looked like dad. No, he was the future of the father. He was the legacy of the father. He would carry the father's name. He would inherit all that the father had. The significance of a son to a father was huge. Uh, Abraham and Sarah, they wanted a son. And uh, so God gave them Isaac. And so all throughout scripture, you see that God is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of sons. So here's the situation where the father is seeing the condition of his son and he he is full of grief. He is full of grief because not only is he seeing his son tormented by this demon, but he's also seeing the future and the legacy and his name being destroyed right in his very eyes. And he was heartbroken, not just about the condition of his son, but also about what the future would look like. And so here we see that he steps out of his environment. He steps out of where he was in his, in his, in his, in his uh, environment since the young boy was a child, the Bible says, that he was being tormented by this demon. He was being uh, uh, thrown in the fire and he was being thrown in the deep waters. You know, I've heard it said many times, and you would, you would have heard this before, that if you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. And uh, many of us today, we're in environments where we're playing with fire. And guess what? When you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Many of us right now, we're in the waters, we're in deep waters, and we're way over our head. The waters are way over our head that we are drowning right now. Amen, somebody. If you experience this, that we're sensing this the sense of, of being overwhelmed by life. But let me tell you what the key is. You've got to step out of those environments of fire and water and step into an environment of faith. You've got to step into an environment of faith. And I'm encouraging every single person, whether you know Jesus or not, that in order for you to grow in 2022, you've got to be in environments of faith. In order for, in order for you to overcome your doubts and your unbelief, you've got to be in environments of faith. So what is an environment of faith? Well, let me tell you, church is an environment of faith. Sunday services, gathering together, which we're going to be doing in a few weeks. I cannot wait. But that is an environment of faith. I know we've been enjoying the online thing, but let me tell you, it is not enough just to watch church online. It is not enough. It's not enough for your growth spiritually. It's not enough for your growth maturely uh, in terms of growing into maturity. It is not enough for you to go to the next level just to simply tune in online. You've actually got to put yourself physically in environments of faith. And it's not enough, but why do I say that? But I knew we've just been spending all these weeks online. I know we've been doing that. But let me tell you, there is something about gathering with other people and, 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 and uh, doing life with other people. Not only that, you're worshiping God together. You're hearing the word of God together, but you're serving in the house of the Lord together. When everybody puts their hand to the plow and begins to actually act their faith out, that's when you'll see real growth. 
So I want to encourage you all to, to step into environments of faith. Here's another environment of faith. What about small groups? Small groups where you can really uh, uh, dive into the Word in an intimate group of no more than uh, uh, six to 12 people where, where you are building relationship with people know your name and, and they know your situation and they can, they can pray for you. I want to encourage us all to get into environments of faith. The first step that their father took was that he stepped out of the environment that he was in and into an environment of faith. Amen, somebody. The second thing that helped this uh, dad overcome and break through and uh, be able to um, believe beyond his unbelief was that he, number one, he stepped into an environment of faith, but number two, he stepped through his doubts. He stepped through or beyond his doubts. Now, there's two points I want to make here. When you read verses uh, 22 to 24, let me read it again for you really quickly. It says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can, Jesus said, uh, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Two points I want to make. Firstly, the father revealed his doubts when he came to Jesus with an if. Have you ever come to Jesus with an if? Or if, if, I, if you can, Jesus, or if you can, Lord, or if you can do this. Come on, the only time we should come to Jesus is with a definitive, yes, you can. Not an if you can, but a yes, you can. Let, let, me, let me prove this to you in Scripture. The centurion came to Jesus and he pleaded to Jesus, Jesus, I know you have the power to heal. I know that you have the power to break through. You don't need to come to my house. Just say the word and she will be healed. Come on, and Jesus' response to that, to that centurion is, was this. I've never seen faith like this man before. Come on, we've we, we got to stop coming to Jesus. How many of us right now have come to Jesus with if? If you're powerful, if you're grateful, if you're gracious, if you can forgive, then please forgive me. Come on, no, God, you are powerful. God, you are gracious. God, you can forgive in the name of Jesus. The second thing that we learn from this, what do we learn? The Father uh, also interestingly enough, reveals the condition of his own heart. The second thing that he revealed was that the father was, was uh, that Jesus was able to help the father confront the real issues. Notice here, notice here that the father goes to the disciples and then when he doesn't get his healing from the disciples, he goes to Jesus. But what he says is, I blame the disciples for not healing my son. So what does Jesus say in response? He says, well, I, I, I'm telling you right now, everything is possible for one who believes. Jesus flipped it around. He said, it's not the responsibility of the disciples or my responsibility, but you have a part to play in this healing. You have a part to play in this breakthrough. Everything is possible for one who believes. Can I get an honesty call here? How many of us, have ever come and asked for prayer only to doubt that God will come through. Let me tell you something. Your faith connected to the to power and authority of God is able to see the breakthrough in your life. Amen, somebody. 
Now, this, this word unbelief is a powerful, powerful word, and I love this definition. The simple de- definition of unbelief, it can mean uh, uh, untrustworthy or, or, or unfaithful, but here's the one I love the most. It is simply weakness of faith. Unbelief is weakness of faith. It doesn't mean that we don't believe in the situation. It's just, it just means that our faith to believe is really weak right now. Amen, somebody. The Bible teaches us that if your faith is as small as a mustard seed. Somebody hear this this morning. If your faith is as small as a mustard seed. You know what is a mustard? It's the smallest seed in the world. It is the weakest type of seed there is. Yet you can say to a mountain, be moved and it will be moved. Come on, that's why I believe every Christian has moments of doubt because there's always moments where our faith is at its weakest. But we can move beyond our, the weakness of our faith. I love the response of the dad. He says, I believe, help me in my unbelief. I believe in you, Jesus, help me in the weakness of my faith to believe. Come on, I'm believing for great things for us as a church. I'm believing for things to really turn around for us. And I know that there will be times when we doubt in that which God promises for us. But we do not have to uh, waver in spite of our doubts. We can persist. We can still move forward. We can still receive all that God has for us in this moment. Why? Because we move beyond our doubts. We step through our doubts. Amen, somebody. The last thing is this, and for me, this is the best of them all. This is the best key of them all. It steps, we, we step, number one, we step into an environment of faith. Number two, we step through our doubts. Number three, we step up into the supernatural. We step up into the supernatural. I wanna remind every man, woman, and child that is watching here this morning, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, uh, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What does that mean, New? Well, it simply means this, that there is a spiritual war going on. And when you're in a spiritual war, you cannot fight with carnal, materialistic weapons. You have to go to the Spirit. You have to go to the things of the Spirit to fight against the wars and the battles in the Spirit. Can I get an amen? And Jesus laid for us what was gonna uh, uh, help us overcome. He said this type of demon could not be overcome except by prayer. Another translation actually adds another word onto there. It says by prayer and fasting. These are spiritual disciplines that every believer should be a master in. We should be masters in the area of prayer. We should be masters in the area of fasting. And I know I'm speaking to people who think that that's a bad word, you know, but let me tell you that when we come against the enemy, we cannot fight with weapons of this world. We have to fight with supernatural weapons. The devil's not just going to sit back and go, whoa, oh, just like, like, you, like your dad did with you when you were a child and just acted like he was just going to roll over when you were wrestling with him. No, he will come at you with everything he's got. So you've got to come at him with everything you've got. And guess what? You've got everything you need. 
There is power and authority in you when you open your mouth and begin to declare the Word of God over your situation. Amen, somebody. So we've got to step into this thing and step up. Everybody's got to step up this year. I felt this so strongly uh, that the Lord was saying to me that this was a year new, that you have to go to new disciplines in your life. You know, last, last year, um, uh, Pete and myself and another pastor uh, uh, in Invercargill, we joined with 20 other pastors, I think it was, from around the country. And we fasted for, four, for what was it, 40 days. I, I'll tell you something, I almost died in those 40 days, especially the last five. The last five of those days, I was in bed because I couldn't move, had no energy. But I believe God did something supernaturally in my heart as I committed that time to Him. And then at the beginning of this year, I felt the Lord say to me, and I say this across all our campuses, I felt God say to me, "No, you've got to go deeper in your intimate time with me. And I felt the Lord say to me, 4.30, every morning you've got to get up and worship me. And so for the last couple of months, the last few months since the start of this year, I've been battling to get up at 4.30 in the morning when the physical body within me wants to just curl up in, my, in a ball and, and sleep. I feel like the Lord has, has challenged me to get up and seek Him in that time. Let me tell you, I've had some beautiful times in the Lord, 4.30 to 6.30 when there's nothing happening, when there's no distractions. I can just sit before the Lord and I can just worship Him. I can just read. I can just get into the word. I can just journal. I tell you, I am loving this time. But friend, it cannot just be the for the frozen chosen. It's got to be for each and every one of us this year. Amen, somebody. We got to go to new levels. This kind of, this kind can only come out by prayer, meaning these are, there are certain battles that can only be fought through the supernatural gifts that God makes available to us. There are, there are battles you will fight in the natural and you'll probably win those ones. But there are other battles that cannot be fought in the natural. These are the supernatural ones. These require each and every one of us to, to go to new levels in prayer, new levels in, in, in spiritual disciplines. Maybe there's an addiction in your life and you've had this addiction your whole life. Well, you can't fight that in the natural. You've got to fight that one in the spiritual, in the supernatural. Is anybody hearing Maybe it's doubt over your finances. Maybe it's doubt over your relationships. Maybe it's doubt over your marriage. There are certain battles that you will face, that you will fight, that cannot be fought with natural ways, natural weapons. They have to be fought in the Spirit. Amen, somebody. And I just want to say to us, Daniel fasted and he prayed. Jesus fasted and he prayed. Esther called the nation to fast and to pray. The disciples, they all too led into this whole spiritual disciplines. There is something that God wants for us to do in this season. It can only be done in the Spirit. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.